Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Hello, everyone. And uh, we are joined tonight by my good friend and Joe's good friend, Mike. Mike, say hello. Guys, pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to be with you this evening. Mike is going to be joining us for one of our famous pop culture questionnaire episodes. We will tell our listeners in a moment what that show is all about. And I'm really excited for tonight. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Guys, I want to ask you before we get to the episode, as I do at the beginning of every episode recently, how are you all holding up during this stay-at-home period? What have you been up to? What's your thoughts right now? Uh, Joe, I'm going to start with you tonight. I know we talked about this not that long ago, but uh, I've been holding up pretty well. Everybody's good. Uh, yeah, you know, working remotely, doing the usual. Uh, things are just starting to open back up, so we'll see how that goes. But pretty good. Mike, how about you? Yeah, the office has opened up uh, in limited numbers, so it's been a little less like Groundhog Day being able to actually get a change of scenery during the week. So, uh, yeah, I recommend everyone, if they can sneak in once or twice a week, definitely do it because you will feel like a normal human being again. It's good to get the change of scenery. It really is. I totally agree. What are you guys missing the most right now that you haven't been able to do in the past few months? I know for me, um, traveling. I've been missing a lot. I've had to cancel uh, three vacations, uh, different vacations this year. Um, and then just going out to restaurants with friends, you know, doing things, that, that kind of stuff is what I've been missing a lot. Mike? Yeah, I was going to say restaurants were my, my number one thing. I mean, yeah. I, I, we, I still get, you know, it's nice to go out outdoors every now and, now and then sneak out. But it's, it's really difficult to go in a group. And uh, the other thing is I'm sure – that Scott, this is your number one. Uh, the fact that I still am afraid to go into a movie theater, even mm. if they start opening them up here. Um, yeah. and, uh, we used to go to the movies all the time growing up and that's, that's our, our recreation and our kid can't take my kids anymore. So sure. Mike, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's interesting because the other day I watched a YouTube video by a vlogger that I follow. His username is Prince charm dev. He does a lot of vlogging in the Orlando area. And he went to the AMC movie theater in Disney Springs to see The Mutants, the new X-Men movie. And when I watched it, I was not jealous of him at all. I had no desire to go back to the movies after watching it. The thing that concerned me the most, just watching it, actually, there were two things. One, you're inside and people have their masks off because they're eating for extended periods of time. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is that he said that the seats on either side of him were empty but the seats next to those were occupied, even though the theater was only at a 40% total capacity, max. So People are crowding into the good seats, right? People are rushing to see the mutants. This is the film <laughs> they wanted. <laughs> but I'm missing that, yeah, and traveling too. Tra- you know, that's a big thing. I canceled multiple vacations, and uh, yeah. I turned 40 in a couple of months. I know both of you guys have already reached that milestone, and – I was going to be in Florida for this epic trip, and now I'll be bringing in from the diner. <laughs> so that's just <laughs> the way it goes. But uh, anyhow, let me tell our audience, or remind them, I should say, about what the pop culture questionnaire is all about. So when the Stuff We Love podcast started a couple of years ago, we were designed to be a recommendation show for our listeners. We talk movies and music and sports and more. And over the years, we have stayed true to that. Uh, We've also really talked a lot about the theme parks and travel as well. That's become a big part of what this podcast is all about. 
But one of the things we always hear from our audience is that they love the recommendations they get on this podcast. And so the Pop Culture Questionnaire is an opportunity for a guest tonight, that is Mike, to talk to us about his interests, the things that he loves, and it really becomes one big recommendation show, and it's a lot of fun. So Joe and I tonight are going to be throwing random questions at Mike. He has no idea what we're going to ask him, (laughs) and we are excited to hear his answers. Because, Mike, how long have you and I known each other? This goes back how many years? Uh, at, at least 34 years, I think. 34 years. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. <laughs> so I'm very curious what comes to mind when we're going to ask these questions. And Joe and Mike and I, we all grew up together. So we've known each other for, like you said, 34 years. And I'm very curious to hear what you're going to say about these these things. So, uh, Joe, do you want to start it off by asking Mike our first question? Mike, by the way, Joe and I have a list of 8,000 questions in front of us. <laughs> I'm I'll here all night. I, I I'll, start all it off. I'll start it off with a softball for you, Mike. Give us a couple of your favorite movies. Well, I mean, I'm a cliche like anybody else. Uh, I love the Godfather movies, but unlike most of you all, I actually enjoy Godfather 3, and I <laughs> think it is much maligned, uh, wrongly, wrongly so. Uh, if you look at it kind of like, you know, an opera and, you know, the, the final, the climax occurs at, at, at an opera house. Uh, I think that's exactly what Coppola was going for. It's, you know, a, a little bit, um, bigger on the emotions, I think, than, than, than the second one, which is a little more cerebral. And I think it's, uh, uh you know, Andy Garcia is just outstanding as, uh, as Sonny's, uh, son and the, the new scion of the family. And uh, so I've always been a fan of the whole entire trilogy, not just one and two. And I think a close second is probably uh, Dr. Strangelove mm. um, or wow. How I Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, um, because it's just, uh, uh, you know, I just really love the, the, the satire. The, um, it, it's just a brilliant uh, satire on war, government, um, and uh, I don't know, it's just an outstanding movie. So, Mike. A question I have for you, going back to The Godfather, what do you like more, one or two? Um, it's a toss-up for me. I generally lean two. Um, I like the, uh, uh, the, the showing the history. Um, I think uh, De Niro is just absolutely sensational as, as uh, a young Brando. And I think that the story is so intricate between Hyman Roth and Michael and the cat and mouse game that they play, who's trying to, you know, Michael's trying to figure out who's, who's trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's him and Hyman Roth trying to kill each other before, you know, before the other. And it's just brilliant. They're, they're maneuvering the, the two of them and the, the acting sensational. But that said, I mean, how do you not love the first Godfather? Yeah. Rando, every, every gesture, even when he sits down with Salazzo and he wipes the drink off his leg, like every gesture that Brando does, there's some nuance to it. And right. uh, it's just it's just a mesmerizing movie. It's Joe, about a what do you prefer? Sons, right. Good. It's about a king and his sons. And it's just it's, it's true. It's like Camelot. But I, like, I actually yeah. <laughs> prefer number one over number two. But there's no wrong answer. There's you no know, wrong answer. <laughs> everybody, every you know, you either like one or the other more. But. I, I hear a lot, Mike, like the same thing, that everybody likes number two. It's, you know, because of the, the backstory, the different ways they weave the, the story in. I mean, the part where Michael is at his lake house on Lake Tahoe and he knows the shots are coming. He gets yeah. caved down like that's just a great scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love part two, but I, I, I think I lean towards part one a little bit more. Um, I just feel like every scene has meaning, even though I, I've heard a lot of people complain it's a little bit slow. 
I don't, I don't yep. see it. I, if you're watching that movie, you can't not watch the whole thing, in my opinion. But how, how often do both of you revisit the Godfather films? Do you watch the whole trilogy at least once a year? Not, no, I, but anytime it's on television, I cannot uh, help myself but turn on the channel, and I cannot turn the channel away. Um, yeah. So, and, and it's on quite often on, on television. And every time you watch it, you pick up something new. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Like, there's just all these, uh, you know, uh, subtle relationships that you pick up watching it each each time, like uh, interactions that you pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way I'm, that they interweave the fa- I love what you said, Joe, about the way they interweave um, the, the way family mattered to uh, Vito and the way it mattered to Michael in part two and the juxtaposition of that and how Michael was losing it. And that line to his mother when, when he says, can you lose your family? And she says, uh, how can anyone lose their, lose their family? And he says, the times are changing. I mean, that's that's just a powerful moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watch it probably once a year is about right. Um, but it's on TV all the time, and I agree. You can't, you can't turn it off if it's on. I actually, I don't know if you've, seen this mike or scott but they have something called the godfather saga where they've edited part one yeah. and two into a into a uh, uh, a movie you know on the timeline so a uh, chronological order um which also works really well so it if i can see if i see that i watch that too but that's about six hours long so you need, you need a commitment <laughs> for that the um a few thoughts on godfather first off mike thank you for defending godfather three that movie gets knocked around a tremendous amount I've seen that movie countless times. I love it every single time I see it. I, agree. I do agree with the consensus of the public, which is that Sofia Coppola's acting is among the it's probably the the really bad thing about the film. She's not a great actress. There's no doubt about it. She's a better director, director than she is though. an actress. Yeah. yeah. Terrific director. But first off, I had a major crush on Bridget Fonda in that movie <laughs> years ago <laughs> when I saw that film. But um th- I, I think it is a fi- like you said, Mike, it culminates in an opera house scene. It is an opera. It's a family story. And it incorporates elements of the first two Godfather films in what at the time was more of a modern day setting. And it shows that Michael, despite being honored in the film and he's being he's receiving an award, he has this viciousness. And just like in the opening scene of The Godfather One, where Marlon Brando on the day of his daughter's wedding is conducting business on the side at this party celebrating Michael He's being honored. He's the hero. And then he's going in to meet in a very tense confrontation with Joey Saza, played by uh, Joe Montana. So it's this duality of these roles. Um, another thing I wanted to say about The Godfather, out of all the movies I've seen in my life, Al Pacino's performance in Godfather Part Two is my favorite acting performance ever. I will never get tired of watching it, not just with the way that he articulates his dialogue, but in the emotion that he conveys with his expressions, just his... Just watch it and stare at his facial expressions. He, he was such a master actor, and he still is. He's Al Pacino, but it's the greatest performance I've ever seen, in my well, opinion. Physically, he looks like throughout that whole movie, he's ready to explode in rage, and he's barely controlling it. And that makes that scene where he finally loses it with Kay, mm-hmm. uh, when Kay tells him that uh, that she had an abortion. And, right. and it all comes out at once. I mean, because he's trying to be... Uh, strong for the family throughout the whole movie, controls emotions of the whole movie. And you could see him wanting to lose it the entire movie. And that one moment, it's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. I agree with both of you about Godfather three, much maligned. I honestly, I, I actually have a theory that if Goodfellas didn't come out in the same year, ah. Godfather <laughs> three would be much more liked than it actually is. I didn't so, even realize it was the same year. 
they're both nominated for Best Picture that year as well. Awesome. Wow. So, uh, you know, so they were against each other. You can't have Godfather 3 and Goodfellas in the same year. It's just Goodfellas yeah. obviously is an amazing movie, also one of my favorites, but it's just it, it I think it hurt hurt the Godfather a little if, bit there. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Joe, didn't Home Alone come out that year too? So, I mean, if you're going to come out the same year and compare movies, you know, Home Alone. I, mean, <laughs> I would certainly compare Home Alone to Godfather 3. Maybe not Godfather yes. 2, but <laughs> so uh mike i'm gonna throw another movie question at you totally out of left field here taking a major u-turn from the godfather and dr strangelove years ago you told me you were doing a marathon of every friday the 13th film you were close scott it was actually all of the halloween movies you know what now that you mention it i remember you said yes the all a marathon of all of the halloween films so yes I want to ask you th- this question. Three. What's that? Except part three. You didn't watch part three? Why? Because no. that has nothing to do with Se- the rest? Season of the Witch. They were trying to do one-off movies and use the Halloween title. And it's this ridiculous movie about Halloween masks that kill kids. I, I just I couldn't get into it. I was, I was on a Michael Myers marathon is what I was on. So I have two questions for you related to your love of the Halloween films. First, I've been thinking a lot about this. Why do people including yourself, love horror movies so much. What do you think it is about horror movies that draws them in? Well, so I was wondering this myself because I was going uh, through a phase where I was just in love with the Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily hard, although I guess I was watching The Exorcist at the time. I was watching Scream at the time. So yeah, maybe I wasn't just a horror movie phase. Um, but uh, there's something about those movies that, um, like, first of all, they're, they're actually, the sequels are actually pretty scary. I, I love the fact that the first one, you know, kind of sets the trend of, of the slasher movie. The second mm-hmm. one picks up immediately after the first movie, which, you know, isn't, isn't very common. And it just continues the story right from where the first one left off. And, and it was actually uh, pretty scary, uh, you know, haunted house in a hospital kind of, kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I, I've already, you know, given my 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 feelings on part three. But uh, sequels four and five were also scary. Like they're well done. They're well. Uh, this the jump scares are set up well. The 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 the, um, the tenseness, the the tension is, is really well set up in those movies. And the acting is actually pretty good in it. I remember watching number four, and I think it's the first one where somebody actually tries to take a stand against the slasher in the movie. And uh, one of the guys trying to protect uh, the young girl uh, who is supposedly his niece in part four, um, you know, he, he takes a stand and he, p- he puts up a pretty good fight and it just, they, they do a good job of building even, you know, some of the, the, the emotional uh, uh, elements uh, of these movies. So uh, why I like horror overall though, back then, I can't really watch it now ever since I've had kids. Uh, it's been difficult. I've tried to put on the witch and I don't think I'm giving anything away, but in the first five minutes, the baby gets snatched by the witch. And Very I like, scary scene. Very yeah, scary. I said, nope. You know, I turned that off, uh, you know, within five minutes. Um, because I, I don't know what it is. I guess I just can't take that kind of imagery right now. Um, but I think there's something about um, uh, the intensity of those movies. The t- people like tension. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's not just fun. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure if I can put my finger on it. Joe, do you have any thoughts about why people actually like horror movies uh as a genre i mean i i think people like getting scared i think when you're watching a movie it's a it's a safe thing to do knowing you're sitting in a in a movie theater or your couch but still being able to be scared from a movie um 
So I, I really, I really think that's, uh, that's a huge part of it. Plus it just, you know, plays on people's fears and, uh, I, I love horror movies. I mean, if I have to, yeah, the Godfather is my favorite movie, but if I had to name a genre of movies, that would be my favorite. It would be horror movies just based on how many I watch. And I just love watching them. I just, I love being the atmosphere, the music, the, uh, the special effects, even, you know, I, I don't mind any, any kind of scares and, and, I try to actively find movies that would scare me. I mean, now at this point, it's kind of hard, but, um, so I, I don't know. I think a lot of people are like that. Anything scary recently or Other favorite, horror movie, favorite horror movie recently, favorite recent horror movie. Um, that's a, that's a tough one. This isn't actually a movie, but, um, the haunting of Hill house on Netflix. I really liked, I thought that oh, was yeah. really well done with a, um, like a psychological scare type show uh that that was probably my my most recent favorite movie i mean i've seen a few but i can't even they don't even come to me right now that's how memorable they are so <laughs> i did see a good horror movie on the streaming service shutter which is a horror movie streaming service and it was made during this covid period it entirely was filmed on zoom it's called host that's the name of the movie it's under an hour long and it deals with a seance that takes place on a Zoom call where things start to happen. And I have to tell you, it was really well done. I, I, I liked it. It was a very good jumping, uh, you know, jump out of your seat horror film. So that was a recent film that I, I enjoyed. That's great. Actually, when you told me about that, I, I really want to watch it just because of uh, not only because it's a good horror movie, but under an hour. It's perfect. Under like an hour show. Yes. And, uh, you know, um, something to actually incorporate the, the time that we're living in. I thought that was really cool. Yes. Now, Mike, here's a question for you. Which franchise do you prefer, Halloween or Friday the 13th? Oh, Halloween all the way. Um, Friday the 13th is uh, like the first movie is actually a really good movie. And they kind of uh, I love the bait and switch. Uh, if you don't know at this point, I'm not sp- spoiler alert. <laughs> But if you don't know at this point, the fact that it's his mother and not Jason in the first movie, um, I thought was just it was pretty genius, pretty brilliant yeah. move. And then they have that great, you know, carry moment at the end where where um, uh, Jason Voorhees himself actually jumps out of the water and grabs uh, the protagonist. I can't call her name at the moment. Um, and then after that, it just gets campier and campier. Uh, the movies like how ridiculous can the Jason's kills get to be uh, mm-hmm. un- until it just descends into. Uh, Jason X, where he's in outer space and Jason in it, space. That's right. It turns into uh, it turns into half machine, half killer, and and no, no, it gets worse. Then it goes. To, Jason goes to, uh, goes to hell, where he it's Jason Voorhees is in the movie for maybe two minutes, and it's him possessing other people, and they're killing people. Nobody goes to a Jason movie to not see Jason kill people. So those movies get progressively worse. I feel like the the Halloween movies actually did a good job of maintaining quality throughout uh, they maintain tension throughout and then h2o i thought was just a terrific movie mm-hmm. uh, it was just a great way to uh, to you know revamp that series and bring it up uh, you know to the turn of the you know 21st century um and then uh, i don't I, the one after that with um uh buster rhymes don't skip it definitely skip <laughs> that one uh, right but <laughs> and maybe uh you know the reboot with rob zombie skip those but uh I, I thought up until H2O, oh, Joe's disagreeing with me. I like I the Rob Zombie H2O, reboot. H2O, they were, all right, maybe the first Rob Zombie movie um, was, was I didn't mind. It was, the, the backstory was interesting. Um, not bad. And Danny, poor Danny Trejo, you know, gets, uh, gets 
a really unfair uh, uh, end in that one. But um, uh, but I, I think that the quality of the Halloween movies just uh, far surpasses that of, of the Halloween movies. So I'm going with that franchise all the way, Scott. Now, uh, I have one more horror question, and then, Joe, I'm going to turn it over to you for the next two questions to Mike. I'm just going to throw in another one that occurred to me. So, uh, Mike, and I'm going to ask Joe you, for you to answer this as well. Okay. When it comes to horror films, they're the classic Universal Studios monsters. you got Dracula, the Frankenstein monster, the Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, the Mummy, and the Invisible Man, and the Bride of Frankenstein, I suppose. Gut Instinct, what's your favorite monster from the Universal catalog? Mike, what's your answer? Uh, gut Instinct is Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, I, I thought that, um, you know, the scene with the little girl's brilliant, you know, yes. and, uh, it still kind of holds up today. You know, he, he doesn't, he's a monster who's misunderstood and he misunderstands the world. I, I, I think that still holds up. I have to, uh, I have to say, that's a great answer. I watched Frankenstein recently, the original, and it does hold up. I, it was like a great movie. I really enjoyed it. So you would say Frankenstein as well, Joe? No, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say I, I do love all the monsters, and Frankenstein is good. I would say Dracula. I don't even have to think about it. Dracula is my favorite universal monster. Yeah, I agree with Joe. Uh, I, loved, I love all of them. I'm not a huge fan of the Mummy films, but uh, Dracula is my favorite, but Frankenstein as well. One of the greats. One of the legends. Joe, uh, throw out our next question to uh, Mike. Um, okay. Uh, Mike. Scott mentioned a streaming service called Shudder, um, maybe a little bit more obscure than some of the other ones. What streaming services are you uh, subscribed to right now? Okay, so um, I would have just said Netflix pre-COVID, but it <laughs> turned into Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, um, Amazon Prime. So yeah, quite a, a few of them. The yeah. usual, yeah, all, uh, yeah. all those. Uh. <laughs> all, all, the, all, the, all the big boys, yeah. Which one is your favorite? Um, that's a tough question. I thought there was some great stuff on Hulu recently. Um, that showed the great, I really, um, in, thought that was a, just a really brilliant show. Um, the, um, who's beast from the X-Men, the new ones, um, and about a boy, um, Nicholas, um, Holt, Nicholas Holt. Yeah. Is absolutely outstanding as, um, as Peter, the great, they say he's Peter, the great son in this, he was actually his grandson. Um, and then Catherine the Great, played by um, Elle Fanning. They're, they're dynamic together. Nicholas Holt is, has really good comedic timing in this, and it's really dark and, and dry humor. And uh, the production values are just sensational. I would say, um, you know, I would highly recommend that show. And then they also had that show on um, Rami, which was, uh, I thought, outstanding. Um, it's a, a comedy about, um, you know, uh, He's a comedian and his family, he, he kind of dives into life um, in a very religious Muslim family and growing up in kind of like, uh, I guess yeah, he grew up in Jersey City and, uh, you know, and those two, the liberal world of Jersey City clashing with, you know, his uh, conservative upbringing. And it's a brilliant and very funny and at times very sad and dark show. Um, Hulu also, uh, my, my Stuff We Love choice, which we'll get to towards the end of the episode, is a Hulu show. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> now I'm waiting, you know, in anticipation. I'm staying for the whole show now. Great. great. Now I'm going to have to have a Netflix show because, uh, you know, competitor Hulu. <laughs> Joe, what's the next question for Mike tonight? Scott so indelicately said our ages earlier. Going back, you know, to uh, the 80s or 90s, what is your, what's your favorite 80s movie? 
Great oh, question. Great okay, question. So, so first of all, I, I think I would die on the hill that the 80s are the greatest era of action movies. Um, I would have to, like, I'm trying to think if it's um, E.T., if it's Predator, if it's um, Die Hard. Um, I think E.T. is probably my favorite movie from that era just because I don't know if it's the nostalgia factor or what, but um, – uh, that movie was, um, you know, to me kind of defining of, of, of our, you know, growing up in, during that, uh, during that decade. Um, so, uh, yeah. All right. I'm going to go with ET. Good answer. Emotional, you know, the, it has all the emotions, uh, it's Spielberg. It's got the John Williams score, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, the, the, yeah. ET. You know, I always forget how nostalgic and how good a movie et is until i go on the ride at universal studios every year <laughs> when you feel like you're in the movie you're, and you just remember it like it was yesterday like you're watching i remember seeing et in the movie theaters when it came out as a re-release in like 86 or so <laughs> and uh you know it, it was great i loved it then and it's, it's great now shed it's a little tear when, when you're on the when the bike lifts up when the, the bike lifts up and uh, oh it's awesome <laughs> You run away from the station wagon, the old 80s with the wood paneling station wagon. Yes. You know, it's a- <laughs> I'll give you guys a couple of thoughts on E.T. One, it's my favorite movie of all time. Wow. It, it, I, that movie, without a question, I don't even have to think about it. Two, it's also my favorite John Williams score of all time. And the score, particularly in the final 10 minutes oh. during that police chase, culminating really? in E.T.'s leaving on the spaceship, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> that oh. is just a beautiful score. <laughs> Uh, three, my brother and I, the movie was reissued, I guess in the early 2000s, there was some anniversary and we went to see it in the theater. No one was in the theater except my brother and I. And of course, those people were sitting directly behind us and they were proceeding to talk during the key moments in the movie. Talk about ruining the experience. I mean, that's, (laughs) it's funny how you don't forget something like that. That's just wrong, Scott. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Joe, what's your favorite eighties movie? Just gut instinct. What what's your favorite comes to mind? Uh, Eighties movie. I'd say back to the future. Yeah. Uh, um, I think Back to the Future, it's probably in my top five movies of all time anyway. So, um, you know, I, I just I think of that as an 80s movie. I mean, if you really want to say, oh, an 80s movie, like a like a John Hughes type movie or something. I mean, you could say things like Ferris Bueller or uh, even any of the Breakfast Club or, or something like that. But even some other movies I was watching, like um, oh, I can't remember the name. It's literally into my tongue. Matthew Broderick, he he puts the he, you know, he has the computer that nuclear thermonuclear war, war, war games like. Those eighties movies people Workings. forget about constantly, but those are all great movies, and you watch them, and it takes you right back. But I think for me, best eighties movie, literally nineteen eighty five, right in the middle, Back to the Future. Do you guys remember the eighties movie Weird Science? Yes, great oh, movie. Of course, yeah. What that about was, just one of the also, guys? Uh, you, uh, just one of the guys with uh, Joyce. Um, uh, oh, I'm gonna have to look this up because I now. Joyce, yes. Heis, Joyce Hauser is uh, on Just One of the Guys. That's a that is a great movie with Rick, the bad guy, cut Karate Kid. These are all you know. These are all '80s movies where you think of, and, okay. and they just really take you back. So Johnny might be the greatest villain of all time, also, and uh, you know, also the villain in um, Back to School, if I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, yep. Just uh, you know, yeah. Also the yeah. villain in I think he's the villain in is he even Zapped. I'm not sure, but uh, he, he's been in quite – he's he's a villain in quite a few movies. And, and brilliant, of, brilliantly yeah. so. I mean he will forever be uh, mentioned in movie lore uh, as one of the great villains. Have you ever met anyone who has said that Back to the Future 2 or 3 is better than the first one? 
how dare you? I, I don't I don't feel that way, but I'm just wondering if anyone's ever said that. I, I, no, but I I will say Back to the Future Three is a very good. It's a great movie in my opinion. I love it, and I can never turn that off when it's on either. And I really enjoy too. I'm I'm not uh, you know it's it maybe their predictions didn't quite come true, but uh, but it's still uh, good campy fun. I feel like, and uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, two is still a fun movie. Can I share with you? A random memory I have, Joe, I don't know if you were there, but Mike, you certainly were. I have a memory. I don't know what, why I've, I've never forgot this. We were going to see Zorro. This is now in the 90s. So we got oh, the Antonio Banderas. Yes. And we went to see it and we were running late and we ended up sitting towards the front of the theater. And we were, you and me were very nervous in the car that we were going to be late for the movie. And our friend Tom is the reason that we were running late. And That's he was... Cool. As usual, and he was complaining that we were complaining about being possibly late to the movie, and we weren't late, but we sat towards the front of the theater with our necks tilted up the whole time. I just remember that. That's one of my like youth memories. <laughs> Nothing about that was an enjoyable movie. So you know, got us yes. through. Yes, I, really I was not there that day. Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. I was not there that day, but I would never forget that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike couple more questions for you this evening and by the way you got to come back and do this again because this is we got a lot a lot to ask you about oh we haven't got to the 90s yet well that's true let's go there then let's talk about 90s movies oh. give us a couple of i'm going to be specific what is your so in the 1990s we were teenagers what is your favorite teen film from the 1990s oh teen film from the 90s um you know i didn't like the 90s teen films as much as the 80s teen films uh like i feel like can't hardly wait and uh and, um, you know, even uh, was the one um, with Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, she's all that. She's all that. Was that from the 90s? Yep, it was. All right. That's my number one. That's my number one for the 90s. That was a good movie. You're wrong. Can't Hardly Wait is the best teen movie of the 90s. And I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Uh, I'm going right. to back against both of you guys. I'm going to disagree. I love Jennifer Love Hewitt, you know, Party of Five, you know, going back to those days. Um, I will. I, I will give it my celebrity crush. But uh, it's. Yeah, it depends on what you, is, it does. Days and Confused count as a teen movie? I'd say oh, no. No, that's that's more of a. All right, that doesn't count. Ten things I hate about you. House film. Ten right? things that's I hate about you is a tie with. That was uh, my number one. That was my number wait. One. But Days that's it. No, no, ten things no, I hate about you. Ten things I hate about you. Oh, ten things I hate about you. Yeah, yeah. Streaming uh, on Disney Plus, by the way. Are they giving us money for you. this or what? It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> I will say, you know, the 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 comedy that defined that era, I think, is has got to be Ace Ventura. I mean, I remember when that came out, watching it um, with our friend Tom Scott. We came out and saw some of our other friends after we just saw it and snuck into the movie to see it again with them because we liked it so much. And, uh, you know, I, I think that kind of set the tone for 90s comedies throughout, uh, mm -hmm. you know, from 94, I guess it came out on. Was that that was pre-mask for Jim Carrey? I believe the mask was later. The mask was definitely yeah. Ace Ventura later. was his that first was breakout, movie. I believe. Ace Ventura was his breakout, breakout film, right? Um, any other '90s film highlights? Terminator Two. Terminator, Terminator 2. Two. Terminator Two is one of those films that I have seen a gazillion times, and I am still amazed at the technology in that film. I no matter how many times I see it, I'm just in awe. And I get tense during every major action sequence. It's just never, that feeling never goes away. Brilliant. It's a great movie. I remember yeah. seeing that movie in the movie theater in our town, which is no longer there anymore. 
right. and there were three theaters. One, two of them were extremely small, and one was much bigger. And uh, I saw that. I actually saw that on July fourth with my mother, <laughs> and it was awesome. We both we both loved it. I, it was great. It's the only time that CGI effect also was uh, effective, frankly. You know, mm-hmm. with with uh, the liquid metal. After that, it kind of got overused and used wrong, and you know, yeah. It was completely done for the T one thousand. Jurassic Park, the nineties. Jurassic Park was the nineties. I think that was ninety three. Does that yeah, seem I think right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Another one, League of Their Own. There were some good movies. There was a League of Their Own in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another great John Williams score. Jurassic Park kind of gets forgotten about. People tend to go to Superman and Star Wars and ET, but Jurassic yeah. Park is another very good one. Mike, I'm now going to go to another area of pop culture, and that's video games. Ah, I me- I remember you having a vintage Sega Genesis system in your basement. You bet I did. I remember consistently losing to your brother at Madden. <laughs> <laughs> Never could beat him. Point of pride for him. What are some of your vivid childhood video game memories? Oh, other than throwing the remote control at my brother during Madden? <laughs> um, yes. Okay, Contra. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, <laughs> start, right? Um, Contra is, is one of the greatest video games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Super Mario, but Blades of Steel was Blades a really, of Steel. great game. Really fun game. You know, you didn't even have to know anything about hockey. That was a fun game. Um, those are some of my biggies uh, right off the top of my head. And then that uh, NS64, when that came out with that Mario game was 3D, that kind of blew my mind a little bit, so... Uh, okay, Blades so of the Zelda game that one blew my mind. Zelda was amazing. Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Joe, did you have a Genesis? No, I didn't have a Genesis. Did you have a Nintendo sixty four? I did. Yeah. Did we all have the original Nintendo? I think we did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Blades of Steel. I remember when a fight would break out, it would switch <laughs> to this other screen, and the punches were just like these. Like I, I'm, I'm on video here. Our listeners can't see me, but I'm like doing this just straight motions with my arms. It was great. <laughs> Um, that was great. Oh, if you, Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. Hut, 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 hut. Tecmo Super Bowl also was a, was a good one. You weren't allowed to pick Bo Jackson, though, because he was unstoppable. In Correct. No, no one was allowed to play with Bo. I so was Lawrence love, Taylor. Lawrence yeah. Taylor was amazing in that <laughs> oh, game. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I also had the greatest success on offense when I was the Oakland Raiders throwing to Tim Brown. <laughs> he would always do amazing. <laughs> he was so great. Um, also, if you remember in Tecmo Bowl, when it would be the halftime show, it was cheerleaders doing this just like very 1950s-ish dance moves on the screen. It was it was so basic, but it was so great. That's the crazy thing. All these games, even though they're now like 30 years old or so, the way they hold up is great. I play them now on these vintage Nintendo systems. Uh, they're available on Nintendo um, the Switch. You could even access the games that way. And they're fun to play. They still hold up very well. Do you guys remember the Nintendo baseball game? It was just this simple. It was the Nintendo version of baseball. Joe, you remember that? I had that game. It was great. Mike, do you remember this game? Oh, I do. All the teams were were made up. They had different made up names and everything. It wasn't licensed. It was. There were two of them. There was one where it was the MLB. And then there was another one where you could make your own team, right? There were. You can make your own team in SNK Baseball Stars. Yeah, yep. also Baseball Stars. That's the one. <laughs> SNK Baseball Stars. Great I used memory. to love that game. Great <laughs> memories. 
Uh, my last question for you about this before I turn it over to Joe. Did you have um, this thing called Game Genie? Does that ring a bell? Oh, it does. What was that again? Game Genie? You attached it to your system, to the game itself, and there were codes that you could enter. Yes, I remember that. I think I actually did have that. It was yes. All the, oh, the cheat codes? It was, it was cheat yeah. codes. It was all yeah. about cheat codes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. I don't know how long that, that lasted, but because uh, I feel like some of the better systems came out like shortly after that. But yes. uh, yeah, that was, I mean, if My you couldn't co- get to the end of, of Mario brothers, <laughs> another vivid memory, I'm just going to throw this out there and then I'll turn it over. I remember borrowing you from you, Mike, Mike Tyson's punch out many times. <laughs> Loving oh, that how game. How can I forget Mike Tyson's punch out? Right? That's a great game. It really is. That's a classic. Oh, it's still fun. I mean, I haven't played it in years. And now I want to play it. Yeah. It's a fun game. Now I'm going to go buy an NES. Thanks. You Thanks, do. Joe. <laughs> you do. Joe, uh, what do we got? Uh, how do I follow that? Let me think about what I want to ask you, Mike. <laughs> um, all right, so we've done TV, movies. Let's. What about music? Give us some of your favorite bands or oh, singers all, or whatever. Of all time? I mean, some of the favorite bands of all time are, you know, like Beatles, Stones, uh, um, you know. Well, Bowie, like if you were, if Pearl I was going to say, if I was going to tell you, let's listen to music, you put on whatever you want. What would be the first thing you put on? Oh, right now? I, I kind of like that. Um, I would probably go right to... Uh, on uh, Sirius XM, the either Alt Nation or I'd probably do. Wow. Uh, yeah, XMU I like right now. Um, I'm kind of, I like, oh, I like uh, uh, Lithium on, on uh, Sirius XM also. Brings, it, you know, a lot of the 90s grunge into it. So I, I would mix it up with those. I, I kind of like the alternative. I like the new alternative right now. Yeah, Me it's too. Really, I love, my favorite band right now is probably Alabama Shakes. Um, I just feel like they are just masterful and could do no wrong um, with their music. Uh, so I say Alabama Shakes. Uh, I know a lot of people, it's controversial. A lot of people don't like them. I really like the National. I think they're uh, they're really good. So I don't know. I, I mix it up. This is a lot to take in. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't even know what I to say. I throw a lot at you guys. Like, uh, I don't know. I could take this in a lot of different ways. I, I, I just want to say I am so happy right now. Because Joe and I have often talked about how much we love Alt Nation on Sirius oh, XM. It's the greatest. Yeah. It's a great station. Yeah. Um, do you ever get pushback from people our age about listening to new music? Do you ever hear people say, oh, the new music is terrible? Like, to me, that's ridiculous. I hear people say that to me all the time. Not really. I used to more, um, uh, I guess, during the uh, Bieber days and like things like that, you know, uh, the uh, but I know I kind of like the the new pop music uh, nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think there I don't think there's a lot of classics coming out of it. But I I don't think it's uh, it's like boy band era bad. I feel like there's a little bit like, not that the boy bands are bad, but I feel like there, there's a little bit more creativity. Uh oh, Joe's getting <laughs> Joe's gonna throw down. Uh, but I feel like there's there's a little more creativity in some of the pop music uh, that that's popular today. Uh, so do you listen? Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't think it's just pop music. Okay. That we're talking about. I don't think it's just pop music where the new stuff is pretty good. I mean, there there are some pop music that I, you know listeners of the show know Scott and I love, but you know even the alternative music and um, uh, just even some other things like like things you don't even think about like blues, new blues bands and things like that. There's a ton of good music that's out right now. Yeah, you know who I love also is Leon Bridges, who kind of mm-hmm. goes with. Yep. Um, uh, he kind of reminds me of a throwback. Uh, like he brings the blues, he brings the fifties, he brings the, you know, the R and B into it. I, I really think, you know, he, he's putting out some great stuff and no, I, I don't really understand why people don't like today's alternative music. It's not as heavy as like the nineties, you know, it's not Nirvana. It's not Pearl Jam. It's not Soundgarden, 
but it's 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 really creative in my opinion. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it really touches a lot of like I'll go f- from Sigour Rose, you know, to uh, explosions in the sky to uh, to Alabama shakes, you know, all that new. I like all that stuff. That's awesome. Uh, Mike, you referenced Leon Bridges, and he he is phenomenal. One of the things I would tell all of our listeners to check out is a Casey Musgraves Christmas special that is on Amazon Prime. It premiered last holiday season, and he is on there doing a duet with her, and it's a lot of fun. Really good stuff. Really good. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, Mike, is it fair to say Alt Nation is your favorite? Is it your favorite station on SiriusXM? And is SiriusXM is it your go-to? music source. In other words, if you were going to listen to music, do you tend to go to Sirius first or do you go to like Spotify or one of the streaming services? I actually don't do Spotify. I do Pandora still. Like I, I guess, uh, I, I haven't really even tried Spotify. I don't really know what it's all about, but, um, mm. yeah, for sure. Sirius XM is my go-to, uh, cause I kind of like to mix in, um, you know, the news and I like to mix in, uh, Howard Stern and I mix in the music, you know, so I like it. Yeah. yeah. Do you like Mad Dog Sports Radio? I don't listen to it as much, but sometimes I listen to uh, uh, Bab Chick. Joe, what and is your like go-to? NBA season, NBA radio. Yeah. NBA radio is good. I, I yeah. like that. I've been listening to that recently. Um, Joe, which is Alt Nation your go-to station on Sirius? On Sirius, it is. It's that's pretty much what I listen to almost you know ninety percent of the time there. Um, I also Mike. do like lithium, like Mike. I listen to NFL radio a lot, so yeah. you know the usual. Mike, who do you like more, Beatles or Stones? Um, I, I, I think the Beatles edge out the stones because there's like a lot of variety in the creativity, but if you're going just pure rock, I go the stones, um, mm-hmm. like their rock music is just, you know, sensational. It, it's probably, you know, better than anything in the sixties, seventies, nineties or today, you know, but, but I think like just the, the breadth of creativity that came out of the Beatles, uh, gives them the edge for me. Very good. Cause you can go from yesterday to, um, uh, you know, come together, you know, they've got, they've, they've got, a, uh, you know, just a range of, of, uh, songs for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no wrong answer to that question. It's there just is a no question wrong that, that always question. comes up. It's uh, a buddy of preference. And preference. Yeah. 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 A buddy of mine is a big Rolling Stones fan and he likes the Beatles, but he just can't fathom how anyone could say the Beatles are better than the Stones. He just, well, because their Different rock music is incredible. I mean, it's sympathy for the devil, paint it, you know, paint it black. You know, I mean, it's come on. It's, yeah, it, it's real raw. It's real raw music, in in the best way possible. Agreed. Agreed. The Stones are amazing. They're one of the top bands of all time. Even if the even if you prefer the Beatles, no denying the Stones are at the top of that uh, that list. Um, we're starting to go a little long, so here's what I'm going to do, if it's okay with you guys. I'll do one question, and then Joe do one question, and then we'll turn to the Stuff We Love segment. How does that sound, gentlemen? Sounds do it. good, guys. All right, so Mike, my last question for you this evening is we're going to turn, we're going to take a trip to my favorite place in the world, Walt Disney World. I don't know if you know that, Mike, but I love Disney World. <laughs> I, I had not heard that. Half the time Mike calls me up. It's like, they say, what are you doing? Oh, I'm in Disney now. <laughs> just, you would think I live there. I mean, I'm, I'm there a lot. I, I, the whole Orlando area is great. But, uh, Mike, I know you obviously have been to Disney World many times. It's a very special place to all, all of us tonight. Um, what is your favorite Walt Disney World attraction and why? Um, so I'm kind of uh, – I, I kind of geek out on the history stuff. Um, yeah, I love in um, it's not even MGM Studios anymore. Is it Hollywood Studios? Uh, yeah. The Walt Disney uh, tour where they take you through 
the uh, the um, how he came up with uh, Mickey and the, you know the studio how it grew and uh, yep. so I, I every time I think about going to Disney that's kind of the first thing I think about one um, man's dream that the exhibit one man's dream is that what you're one speaking man's of? dream yeah right. I, I I absolutely get uh, nostalgic for that I haven't been to Disney in a while Scott so I kind of uh, like forget what rides really really get me going to like they they changed. Uh, I guess uh, there's no more uh, Tower of Terror. That was one of my favorites, right? It's going to no, be No, Tower of Terror is there in California. They converted it from a Twilight Zone attraction to a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. Oh, I thought okay, good, cuz that was that was always one of my favorites too. I always enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Um and uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Hollywood Studios. That's one of probably my favorite uh uh you know, park. One thing which I would recommend you do at some point in the future cuz you're such a big horror movie fan and classic horror movie fan is go down to the theme parks during Halloween season and go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Joe and I go every year now. We haven't done it that long, but it's it's a tradition. And I don't even know how to describe what it is, but it's basically Universal Studios shuts down and reopens in the evening, and they have many, in essence, some... like haunted houses and... I would call them experiences that you walk through that are either themed to classic horror movies or our original plots that were created by the Universal team. And they're very specific. So what was it a couple of years ago, Joe? It was like a Halloween four there, house or something? There was a Halloween four house. I, I think it was Halloween four. But, you know, like who, who thinks of putting that as a, as a haunted house, that movie? But they do it. It's awesome. Halloween four specifically? Yes. Wow. They know their horror. It's like you're stepping into a movie. It's, yes. It's amazing. The That's Shining house was the COVID first If COVID ever allows it again. Yeah. It's canceled this year, but hopefully better times are ahead. Joe, what is your final question for our guest this evening? Uh, tough call. Let's, let's finish it up, Mike. Um, favorite place to go on vacation. since we're talking about travel now. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, period. Oh, that's a, that's a tough call. My wife is a big travel buff. So you guys could probably do a whole blog talking to her about where she likes to travel the most but i would have to say um uh this is not movie related at all right guys but uh i mean uh, i absolutely we went to um the amalfi coast for my birthday recently and i absolutely fell in love with the place and i gotta say sorrento is a magical city all the way down to ravello so if you get a chance that's my favorite uh vacation spot cool very cool We'd All love right. to have you back on for you. You've spent a lot of time in Europe over the past few years. And I know, Joe, you have, too. I'd be very curious to be part of a discussion with you gentlemen about your European experiences, because I've been to Europe but just once back in 2008. So I'm very curious to hear about some of your experiences. And we have listeners over there in Europe. So hello to our European listeners. That's right. You know, there's Disney uh, parks in France, Scott. Yes. So you can, you know, still indulge your love of Disney and experience the rest of Europe at the same time. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Contrary to what people think, I enjoy trips that don't involve Disney as well. Uh, the good thing for me is that my it. work brings me to Florida a bunch of times. <laughs> so <laughs> anyhow, I'll believe um, it when I see it. <laughs> okay. So that's good. Uh, gentlemen, this was fun. And I definitely want to do this again because, uh, Mike, you have such great varied interests in everything that we are a fan of on this podcast. So this was a lot of fun. I've enjoyed learning more about you, even though I've known you a long time. I feel like I've learned new stuff tonight, especially that you like Alt Nation. I didn't see that one coming because and it has nothing to do with you. It just deals with our generation because I rarely talk to anyone our age 
who is a fan of the new music. I find that they're very dismissive of it, and I never understood it. So I get very excited when I hear someone who's a contemporary be a fan of that stuff. I love it. I love it, yeah. Cool. Very nice. So uh, with that, we're going to turn to the Stuff We Love segment. Now, this is kind of what we've been doing all episode long, but this is the part of the show where tonight Mike, Joe, and I are going to give you a recommendation of something we are enjoying right now. could be anything from a book to a movie to a TV show. And uh, we'll start tonight with our guest. Mike, give us a Stuff We Love recommendation. Um, I would say there's a, a, an indie movie that I've been dying to talk to people about. And I, I know it's you know kind of gained popularity, but I think Blue Ruin um, is kind of under the radar. It's like it's it's real low budget indie movie, but it, the way it builds tension and suspense um, is just you know probably better than just about any blockbuster uh, uh, I've seen. Um, it's it's about a a drifter who goes after the people who killed his parents and it's shot like an independent film and it has the tension of, of, you know, the best suspense movie you ever would see. Uh, so I would highly recommend, uh, blue room. Where is it available? Uh, I believe it was available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure if it's still on the surface. I think it still is on, on Netflix. It is. I just looked at it. Yep. Okay. Very cool. That's a great recommendation. We'll check it out. Uh, Joe, what do you got? Well, I already previewed my Stuff We Love segment by saying it was a Netflix show. I've been watching the show Lucifer on Netflix. Season 5 just came out. uh, Season 5A, because Netflix split it over two portions. I love the show. It's it's a ridiculous show about the the devil trying to solve crime with the LAPD. (laughs) And uh, it's, it's... it's funny, it's serious at times, and uh, it's just a real fun show. Lucifer is, on Netflix is uh, definitely, right now, the stuff we love. And you can get into it at any time. I mean, even if you don't feel like watching all five seasons, although I recommend you do, because there are storylines that go through the whole thing. Um, it, it's well worth a watch. Very cool. Great, great recommendation. So my recommendation is a TV show on Hulu that I referenced earlier in this episode. The show is called Love, Victor. And it is a TV show that is based on a movie that came out a couple of years ago called Love, Simon. And the plot of Love, Simon, same, same thing in Love, Victor. It deals with a boy in high school who is discovering uh, his sexuality, basically. So he's coming to terms with his sexuality. And uh, it's a very, very good show. It's at times funny, at times dramatic, uh, well acted. It was just renewed for season two. And I know that it has a big following on Hulu. So that's my recommendation. Love, Victor. Very good show. So I feel like our listeners tonight, they got a movie from Mike and they got two TV shows from Joe and I. So this is good. Good stuff. Not bad. Definitely look into those. So uh, with that, I'm going to take our listeners through where they could find us online. You could visit us at our new website, which is stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. There you'll find links to all of our prior episodes. You could find us on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, on Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast. You could visit our Facebook page, and we also have a YouTube page as well, which is slowly gaining in popularity. Most of our listeners we see are coming on Apple Podcast and Spotify, and we are also available on iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts. So that's some good stuff in many ways for our listeners to find us. And you could write to us at Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com and tell us what your favorite godfather film is and how you feel about godfather three i'd be very curious to hear what the audience says about that um and that takes us where we have to be so guys this has been a lot of fun it's been great thanks mike it's been a pleasure guys Uh, yeah i hope i get invited back you will definitely be invited back (laughs) 
um, this was, this was a good time and, uh, stay healthy, gentlemen, keep on being safe out there. You as well, my friend. Yep. Excellent. So we're going to go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Joe. I'm Mike. And this has been the stuff we love podcast.